The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, this is Kai Hubris, and you're listening to Eureka Cast Now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Metalark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Sciences. Hey there, Rowan. Hello there, Kai, and may the resonance chimes of the upcoming echelon ring sweetly on this new year, 2021. Now, 2021, I, the echelines, the, the, those, those echelines are, are truly ringing. That's what you said, right? Echelines? Something like that. Yes, correct. Sure. Similar to a I'm sorry, a lot of... Right, right, right. Oh, I, yeah, I know those. I've done an immense amount of research on those. Um, but as you said, this is the first show of this new year. Um, in, in fact, uh, I mean, it's really, it's in fact really hard for me to hear right now. Um, I'm doing a lot of research over here, and I have been. Honestly, since we recorded the last show, since we recorded episode 20 of the Eureka Cast Now, I've been out of the country in a small town in Denmark at Stardust, one of the very first startup particle accelerators doing some very important research and development for certain new media laboratories, uh, products, and, and projects. No, oh, they're a little under wraps. No, not, 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 but... to, uh, not to interrupt, uh, Kai, but did you say a startup uh, particle accelerator? That's what I said. Well, it's, isn't it? I mean, that's it's about time, right? I well, it's just that seems that seems um excessive, perhaps. Usually, these 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 particle accelerators are very large and complicated and in the tune for you know several hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars uh, by these very enfranchised research organizations. I just I um I fail to understand how a startup could be doing this sort of thing well all companies all businesses and technology you know in in the in the grand scheme if you think about it for years it's it was it was only for the people that had the resources and the funds with new innovations and optimizations in the areas of uh particle physics and and uh and you know electrical engineering and all those different other things energy physics and dynamics and stuff. I mean, light, maybe even light work. I know a few light workers that are working down the hall from me here at the Stardust Particle Accelerator. With optimizations in the entire field of, of particle acceleration, they're becoming cheaper to start, cheaper to run. And I mean, they're, they're going to the citizens, going to the citizen scientists out there. And entrepreneurs are, are making startup, making startup uh, strides 
in this area. And it's super exciting. That's why I'm super excited to be here. In fact, I would not want to spend a holiday anywhere other than a particle accelerator. Um, They have a lot of great science-based decorations. We occasionally will sing songs. And I've been working only about 16 to 18 hours a day. But I mean, it's it's an opportunity of a lifetime. It's worth it. And I'm having a great time. Denmark is is beautiful this time so, of year. Not so, that I've seen um, a lot you, of it. You, you have been working um, since we recorded our last program, at this point, three, two, three weeks ago. You've been working the entire time through the holiday season, through New York, New Year's. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And, and I we've celebrated. Working, work can be a celebratory action when you're around people in, in an environment that uh that that lets you be so and, and we're being safe here particle accelerator denmark it's one of the most uh one of the safest places you can be during a, a holiday uh, during any holiday um but i think i've talked to a little uh, a lot about myself rowan what about you i know it sounds like you're being kind of critical to how i i spend the holidays but uh but what about you what did you do during this uh this so festive time we've been off well i i um have had the exquisite luck to be off of uh out of the academic year we are on winter break mm. as it were at the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit right. Science so uh essentially for these last couple of weeks i have been sitting at home sipping a nice circumptuous rascal pinot gris um working through that bottle exquisite and uh spending mm. time with my cats and my bonsai tree uh trees i should right. say uh just relaxing right. so- so this is so you're on sort of a break between uh between semesters as as it were there at the at the Spirit Science Institute. Well, y- yes and no. Uh, technically, the way our semesters work, um, being on a pass fail system, semesters don't end until the student in question passes. Uh, so with some hmm. students, different problem students, it could be two or three or four years uh, in during a single semester. Uh, but what we do is we do have um these sort of overlapping semesters punctuated by breaks wherein everyone gets time off and uh, goes home and gets to to get their head back in in into the, their studies as it were uh and so yeah so uh we have a um a four uh a four week a month long sort of relaxation period over what is what could be called the holiday season just because that essentially right. encapsulates the a, a bulk of the various cultural and religiously significant days that uh individuals might ask off for right right uh well you know you know rowan that sounds like i I don't know from a from an academic perspective i would be very interested to hear how you run a a system where a student can is continuing to be in a class longer than other students are um until they pass it and I'm not sure how you organize that, but that's something that we can talk about a little later. Right now, I'm glad to hear that you're having a very relaxing holiday. I would like to preface what we're going to be doing during this show. It's a little bit different than what we do during shows usually. Usually we talk about the latest in, in innovations in science and also technology. But this year, or I should say this show, the first show of the year, we are going to do what some forget is the last step of the scientific method, and that is reflection. We will be reflecting on all of the innovations, disruptions, and optimizations that we saw in the year 2020 with a Eureka Hindsight 2020, where we're just going to be covering some of our favorite 
We're going to be playing some clips from the shows and, and covering some of our favorite uh, Eureka moments, some of the some of the best uh, controversies, some of the best uh, moments and innovations that we saw uh, throughout the entire year uh, of 2020. And and a few things that might also uh, at the time may not have struck you, but in the with the benefit of hindsight and remembrance, uh, might ha- be more relevant now than ever. Uh, so with that out of the way, let's go ahead and cut over to those, and we will be back to discuss uh, some other things after a few clips. Stay tuned. Rowan, what you're describing is, is sort of like, I was thinking, actually thinking about this uh, uh, recently. I, as you know, I'm a media disruption developer, so I have, I have to think about media a lot and its place in society and in all of our lives. And if you think about it, what you went on was uh, sort of a, a spiritual hero's journey, which, which is one of the first, if you might call it, one of the first algorithms um, that was ever developed. I mean, if you, if you think about it, the hero's journey is all about uh, modular thinking. Sort of like a lot of code is. It's, uh, it's class-based. It, is, uh, uh, it fits in, in boxes, and it goes from one point to another point, doing different uh, carrying out different tasks in each. Um, in reality, I mean, we've been people for as long as we've been storytellers. I think we've been coders. Don't you agree? I don't know if I agree entirely because there's a saying um, in, uh, I forget, for, perhaps from Lao Tzu or Confucius who said, if you meet your hero on the road, kill him. I believe it is a, a Zen koan, perhaps. Mm. And to that end, that is why I, I don't, I don't necessarily like the ideas of heroes. But, uh, to, to find some common ground, I would agree that the original programs, the, these, the original, uh, algorithms, if you will, definitely do come from a place of, of myths and legends. It, it is, there is numerous studies involving things like the Kabbalah where you look at these ancient uh, texts, these ancient mythological or religious texts, and by assigning various numbers to them and cal- doing calculations, uh, th- this practice of numerology, there, there are programs that can, be, that can be found. As a matter of fact, I believe it was the Dead Sea Scrolls mm-hmm. where uh, through a series of substitutions and uh, sort of programming and what have you, uh, Within the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm-hmm. there is a code when translated to Fortran that will say "Hello World." Um, so the the the, the link yeah. between, in fact, this is it's it's more common than you think. So many of these ancient myths, in reality, were these "Hello World" statements. It's what we found from a variety of uh, of very particular culturally relevant algorithms. I, I liken it to. I actually liken it to the. Uh, there's no, like think of it as Homer's The Odyssey. Uh, Homer's The Odyssey was sort of the original open source uh, program where, if you think about it, Homer downloaded all this code about, you know, Agamemnon and, you know, horses and Greek gods and added his own. It's, it's really, ag- I mean, Homer was the original open source coder, if, if you think about it. Of, of of sort of any masks uh, during this time. Well, I do. I will make it clear that I have never 
specifically stated that I have an issue with masks or mask wearing as a means of uh, disease reduction, disease spread reduction, because um, that's un unscientific. It is not backed up by science. There is some evidence that shows that masks are effective in preventing the spread of mallow 21 as well as other airborne diseases. Mm -hmm. My only point was, is that it maybe should not be the first thing individuals rely on when there are things such as um, herbal nose plugs or essential oils uh, that can be placed above on the upper lip and around the mouth. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that there are other there are alternatives out there that that maybe have less documented effectiveness, but anecdotally and and uh, from uh, results from outcomes shows mm. promise. So and and you're saying that these you're you're putting these against uh, Tech Brothers masks, which we talked about last week about the importance of specifically Tech Brothers masks, which have sort of anti-disease uh, functionalities to the masks, besides just. Uh, sort, of, sort of a protective layer between you and an airborne sickness. Um, you're putting these, uh, you're comparing these and putting these against uh, uh, oil nose plugs? Um, uh, essential oil, lip balms, mm. um, herbal nose plugs. But that's not, th th those are not what we are here to discuss. And and what we're here to discuss is, is that the fact that um, many of these masks that Tech Brothers included, the materials that they are made from, uh, are made from petrochemicals, so we were looking for alternatives to petrochemicals. And the first thing that that me and my my, my peers and I were discussing was um, hemp was the first thing that came to mind mm, because yeah, hemp does so sure, much. Yeah, it does so much. It's such a um, a universal fabric. But ultimately, working with um, the loom we have at the facility and the numerous uh, uh textile researchers that i mean we, how did have. you even how, yeah how could you even reserve the loom for even an hour at the spirit sciences institute well what we found was is that um it has great inertness and in intrinsic healing properties um the thread count it was hard to find a good thread count that both had proper filtration mm. and allowed uh people to not experience asphyxiation so we said that this that is an issue that we found as well. Yeah. We set that aside. The next one we investigated was um, leaves, uh, certain varieties of leaves, both leaves, leaves correct, um, from a plant, uh, both dried and fresh. We had some very promising results with Brugmansia, um, mm. but ultimately there was a durability issue and the um, psychotropic effects were just too much to overcome, constantly breathing Brugmansia fumes. But ultimately, what we did settle on, um, and and we believe this to be actually a breakthrough, um, is uh, the perfect material for for masks, mm. um, but also clothing, perhaps as a whole. Um, all a wide swath of the textile market. It was durable, it was breathable, it was all natural, and it was capable of extremely rigorous sterilization. Uh, far more rigorous sterilization than and people are accustomed to with their clothes course, what, yes. what, what we settled on of course was many materials was fiberglass so i mean the study this this study here on pluvers they it didn't just start off with this research a lot a lot of history of research has gone into it specifically um some very important brain scan and fluid measurements taken from a number of verified geniuses over the course of history including um, some notable ones include the subatomic particle physicist responsible for the discovery of the Gusher meson um, and its particular interactions with the Mu field, Dr. Faun Wheeling, 
as well as everybody's favorite uh, chess master, uh, Yat Hui. So analyzing these certified geniuses, um, they were they they studied them for neural uh, neural circuitry and body chemistry when they were in fact thinking, contemplating, and solving some of their most their most genius works, their masterpieces, so on and so forth. So, for example, you would be grabbing um, uh, fluid of some sort, um, brain fluid, spinal cerebral fluid yes. from uh, uh, Huay, for example. Yeah, while uh, yeah, while playing. Yeah, while while they're engaged in a, in a in a lengthy a lengthy battle with some other master chess players. Fascinating, very fascinating. I, I mean, and some great some great uh, things came out of this. Some very interesting interesting facts. Um, including that some geniuses have even, even been recorded as releasing a specific chemical pheromone known as cranius maxinol. Really? Yes. Uh, who knew that a pheromone was related to being a genius? Now, you're saying that, that there is a, the, these geniuses are actually excreting, excreting a, a, a pheromone into the, the atmosphere around them yes. in their moments of genius. Yes, and, it, and it's not known to what extent this has any effect on other people or even some animals. There are some reports of wood, woodland creatures, uh, you know, forming around certain people while they're while they're engaged in solving a very complex math problem or something. Um, but there's not there's not you know, some great data on that. It's yet. it's all anecdotal. Yeah. Well, I'm not I, comfortable well, with what gets put in. It, well, yeah. And I'm also equally uncomfortable with the ones they don't take out. Where the, the, the interesting, R- Rowan? What what kind of what kind of things would you like? Would you like them to take out of, of the water? Well, so I am uh, aware. I've seen many studies. Perhaps you've seen these studies too. I've seen many studies. Yes, of these trace amounts of uh, of medication uh, that work their way into the water systems. Okay. They're detectable even in the tap water, just because they get recirculated. Um, and these are things like antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Um, antipsychotics, okay. um, even narcotics. I see. Can Tra- trace amounts in in all bodies of water, especially ones that are near near high population areas, right? And there is being nothing to do- being done to address that issue. Um, and so when I'm preparing a, an admixture to go on a spirit quest how do i know that these substances in the water these these psychogenic substances mm-hmm. in the water aren't interfering right. with the psychogenic substances i'd like there to be in the water that i'm ingesting and rowan you're saying that these studies show that there are traceable amounts not only traceable but but large enough amounts in, inside of these water supplies to possibly have side effects with other medications that you are taking. Well, what I the, the what I do when I go on a spirit quest mm-hmm. involves um, very cutting edge, bleeding edge chemicals uh, that that okay. are not fully understood right. or uh, quantified in a manner. So I don't know, but I want to know that when I'm doing these research chemicals, if you will. That they are acting on their own and not being interfered with with some other some other variable some right. other factor. You're, you're I, trying you're you're trying to control your experiment and you can't. No, I, I I cannot in good faith write an accurate trip report based off of my experimentations with the number of psychotropics that Simon Amy puts out. If I think that the water that I'm drinking already has 
other chemicals in it that will right. be interfering. I, 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 I'm under the impression that there's a lot more, re- there's a lot more research into the idea that in fact the greatest, the greatest, uh, detriment to mankind is in fact monogamy. That, and that is why I. There is no way. There is no monogamy in nature. There is no way you can have a stable relationship in a monogamy. And that's what science tells us. Absolutely. When you look and at, at chemical stability, if we want to get really regressive about it, a bond between two molecules is much weaker than that same bond between three. And if, if, if the pyramid is the, the triangle is the most powerful shape in chemistry and it has three ends to it. Um, uh, it makes up the vast majority of the shapes you will see in the natural world. And that's why myself, right. I am a part of a polycule. Yeah. Right. I mean, it just, I know the, the research has also been done, um, on, on the distribution of people. And if you think about a triangle, this is actually a good tangent that you brought us on, Rowan. But if you think about a triangle, if you think about a triangle standing straight up, think about it. There's one angle at the bottom. I mean, we're sort of getting into anglerfish here with angles. This mm-hmm. is surprising. But you have one angle at the bottom. You have another angle at the bottom. And then you have a third angle at the top. Now, in nature, what we find is that of the dis- distribution of both people and all of the animal kingdom, there are twice as many what, are, what scientists are calling power bottoms as there are uh, tops, which only makes sense that these three these 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 three groupings are just make more sense in nature well and and it's nice to see that this is finally coming forward because um there's a lot of uh uh a, the the three body problem for example has been this <laughs> very notoriously uh, excuse me this very notoriously hard to figure out problem in science by so-called scientists but my viewpoint and i think the viewpoint of um the Simon Amy program for a new love is if there's three mm-hmm. bodies, there is no problem. Rowan, this sounds serious. <laughs> Rowan, can you please, Let's... how, how long have you been on this, this detox? Well, I'm glad you asked me about that because the answer is three days. And this is no detox as uh, these charlatans on the internet have so proclaimed uh, these mixtures of various herbs and fruits you can find on the internet uh Mm. totally baseless completely and utterly devoid of any sort of proper reasoning what instead i'm doing is a program that is based off of of ancient eastern practices and that that extends back thousands of years um this is not some fad this is not some uh, uh, scam what i am doing is has proof ancient and modern that it works well you you know we hear i have certainly heard a lot of claims made very in, in almost almost copy and pasted from what you you said of of certain things that i would 100 percent agree <laughs> disagree with and have been scientifically disproven but i'm willing to hear you out Rowan, what what is what are the details on this on this solution that you are engaged in right now? So I am partaking in a sweat fast. Now a 
fast, as I'm sure is obvious, is a sort of way of uh, limiting your fluid and, and and food intake in a manner uh, for various purposes. But the sweat fast is unique in that it is based on not just abstaining from food and drink, but also um, limiting the intake of food and drink uh, to an absolute minimum. Uh, so before I get ahead of myself, what, what the sweat fast is based off of is the ancient Buddhist practice of Sokushin Butsu, um, which is this incredible practice that takes place in, in Tibet and many of these very um, in ancient Buddhist worlds where a monk would self-mummify themselves essentially through um, cutting down on water and eating dry foods until they would pass as they were meditating and then thus be desiccated for all eternity in contemplation of nirvana. Are, are you, you're, you're saying that this procedure is a is is effectively encouraging the body to cease cease living for medical purposes no no there there are a number of other simon amy solutions that cover that area uh no this we don't take it quite as far as the ancient buddhists would um we mm. it, it is only a two to four week program where during the sweat fast you drink only your own sweat uh, collected through a number of means that I will discuss shortly, but you drink only your own sweat, no other food, no other water, except for sweat fast. Wait, so is is sweat fast? Sweat fast is sweat fast is not sweat, though. It it is, is that fair to say? It is not your own sweat. It is a another individual it's, it's sweat. It is another individual sweat that has been uh, has been um, mixed with a number of few a uh, few all natural herbs and medicinals that encourages the sweat process. Um, and the mm -hmm. beautiful thing is is that those herbs and medicinals actually come out in your own sweat. So uh, it's sort of a self repeating cycle when you sweat when you go on a sweat fast with sweat fast. Researchers have determined mm -hmm. a way to recycle medical waste into cattle feed. Now, now you did say this is food related. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so what happened was there was the research engineers at Tyson Meat Products mm -hmm. collaborated with medical sciences uh, scientists from the Mallon College of Nutrition mm -hmm. to uh, breed and uh, make augmentations onto dairy cows to allow them to accept and ingest medical waste, digest it entirely. Um, it is it is it's incredible uh as what 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 is what is medical waste medical growing? medical waste is the uh um what's left over at the hospital um, right it, bedpans uh the things that would be found in bedpans needles uh, um yes stethoscopes uh, um absolutely lab coats uh various tissues um mm. and uh and uh, fluids as well, like human tissues. Yes, yes, presumably, unless it was a, a veterinary um, situation, and that's they've managed to feed cows veterinary waste uh, quite a while ago. Mm. 
and we are back. We're back. Now, Kai, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you uh, about the program that played in our normal time slot uh, last right. week. The making of the new and right, the, the making of the newer normal holiday special. Yes. Uh, well, now I really didn't have much input on that project. I was not really part of it. That was all something on your end, and right. pretty much all of it came to me new um, when I heard it on the radio live. That was all new information to me. All of this from back to front was right. was very surprising and new. And let me just say, my first my first thought was. Wow. My second thought was, why? And my okay. third thought was, where are they okay. now? So, um, mm. would you be willing to address any of those points? Because once again, this was really your this was your project and and your company's project. So, what's right. how talk about that a little bit if you don't mind? Right, right. A great team. We had a great team here at uh, Tech Brothers New Media Labs. A great team. Um, I heard it the day before it was released. Um, obviously, I was sent over the clip here in Denmark to the Stardust Particle Accelerator. Um, and I listened to it, and obviously I had my criticisms. I had them change some things around, and, um, you know, all projects could be done better. And these, you know, these are some, these are some great and, and passionate people. And I think that passion and that interest in the topic came through in the documentary. Um, but uh, I thought the information... Uh, well, I should say also, I thought the information was was very clear and very enlightening on the Safer Santa app. I, I, and I would say, to address your very first point, Rowan, your very first point being, wow, I can't agree more. The the information that we received, the knowledge of how Safer Santa started, where it is now, tracking those two young those two young entrepreneurs, Jeremy and I want to say Lionel. Um, tracking them on their on their path to the safer Santa user immersive storytelling experience was truly wow magical. Were you able to experience the safer Santa um, application? No, at all? Uh, I one I, I I do not really have much of a smartphone per se uh, in the first place, and even then, I during this this sort of four month period of relaxation, I I try to keep the phone away. Um, I'm sorry, four week period right. i try to keep set the phone down just try and really engage in the moment and try and disconnect from you know all right. of the worries in the wider world and, and that sort of thing get off the grid as it were right I, right and i and i would say the, the because of the innovations in the um in the brick building software in the guy five network and it, through the dude uh, dude programming language i, I there's a there are certainly ways to interact with the safer santa application that are you know, conventionally off the grid, but I respect your your opinion there. I, I would like to address um, also. I mean, hopefully the listener at least will be engaged. Your second point: why? Hopefully the listener will be engaged uh, in the Safer Santa application. I truly think that you know our teams here. Once Jeremy and the other one um, handed over the project, we here at Tech Brothers New Media Laboratories uh, uh, hired a, a team of dedicated developers. Um, to to sort of manage the patches and all the all the the day to day on the application that we call uh, you know, Santa's little developers, um, and they're running you know all that stuff. Um, but uh, hopefully it, it's to a good cause because I mean families around the world are now able to experience the future of of digital 
uh, storytelling experiences of Christmas and Christmas adjacent content. And we've received a lot of great response, a lot of great response um, from the audience of this application. Well, presumably there won't be a much use for that until we approach next year's holiday season, correct? Oh, I think I think you know this is this is a revolution. This is a this is a regime shattering. I think in the future um, we we might even lose. And I know it's sad when different industries fall off and they're replaced by new innovative innovative ones. But I, I think the era of the traditional story is is over, and people are going to be experiencing Christmas more safely, um, you know, still with their families, but, but more safely, more digitally in the newer normal um, going forward with and without the, you know, the pandemic or, or you know, the Mallet 21 pandemic that we're seeing. I think that people are going to be uh, are going to be experiencing the holidays uh, through Safer Santa more and more and through other applications that Safer Santa, Safer Santa has inspired and, you know, innovated. But on your third point, well, that, where are they? Where are they now? Yes, Rowan. Oh, well, I was just going to say that is a very bold prediction um, with regards to the demise of the story. But I don't really have time mm. to get into that. We don't have time to get into that. Where are right. they now, Kai? Hmm. Well, at this point, that's anybody's guess. Now, Jeremy and Lionel. Uh, Jeremy and Lionel. They they have a lot of heat right now. Obviously, they're the the sweethearts, the the golden boys. They can't do any wrong in the in the disruptive technology industry. In fact, we hear once they handed us that project. I mean, I wouldn't be lying if if we here at Tech Brothers Laboratories, New Media Laboratories, offered them a very very lucrative positions as uh, as junior associate disruption liaisons here at New Media Laboratories, um, which they politely turned down. But I mean, as far as I know, they are off. Um, you know, with with their families, presumably, working on their own projects. And, and I foresee 2020-2021 as being the year that these two, you know, break big. They they had they had this this uh, project that they worked on that, that really made their name, and I think they're going to carry it forward, if you ask me. Well, that should be interesting to see if uh, how that pans out. I would expect them to be carried forward uh, by the police into prison, hypothetically speaking. But uh, that's that's another discussion for another time, because mm-hmm. I think it is about time to return to Eureka Hindsight 2020, uh, and where we will continue with some more mind-expanding, um, spiritually lifting, and, and technologically relevant stories that we've covered um, over the last year, over 2020. Uh, presented, represented to you um, to to assist in reflection at this this crux of mm-hmm. a new year, uh, right? To perhaps set a tone for the next year, in whether that be for good or for ill. I do want to talk about. So there is there's this one thing just to just to start off our our show tonight. Many of you I know are looking through the some of the newest images that we received from the Myers Halstead satellite. So we've we've done a lot of satellite work, me and Tech Brothers, uh, in in the past few weeks, past few months, and we just got some of the highest quality pictures that we have ever taken 
uh, into deep space with this satellite. I, I have been actually following some of these releases of these pictures. They're quite beautiful. Yes. Quite beautiful. Uh, unlike many other satellites that have been released, we are taking these pictures in a in, in a very specific band. We're taking them in the Lyman emission spectra, which is very different. You might see a lot of pictures taken in uh, infrared or in plain, plain light photons. But we find that the alignment emission has this exceptional quality to give us very accurate results uh, that feel that feel real that feel deeper some say well uh, there's there's something to be said about using a different spectrum when you're taking photographs like this like you said there's 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 infrared sometimes there's microwave um radio all of these sort of ways in which one can look to the heavens but the the lyman spectrum is so so unique because it 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 has this this depth um and and this the, the grain is so much nicer and there it really pops it really really pops it, it, it does it has it, it many other many of these typical spectrums they have they have a very coarse grain but but the Lyman spectrum is known for having a very fine grain silky smooth silky smooth grains and we've seen i mean some of my favorites at least we've taken so far we've taken thousands of pictures we're getting new pictures as the minutes go by they're flashing on my screen right now as i'm monitoring this this stream but some of my favorites so far have been the Gata b prime uh the alto sax constellation freud's lip and one particular one which i I almost began to weep when I beheld, but it was it, it was this very very far away uh, astronomical body, the uh, uh, which has been termed only by very brief glimpses uh, by astronomers throughout the years. Uh, one particular, um, Alf Houston, who who penned these as Houston's Pretty Little Nebulae, and we have finally got in depth, clear, smooth earthy, very ethereal, very just perfect pictures of the of Houston's pretty little nebula. What this specific uh, uh, press conference turned out to be about was using this as a as a demonstration of this spider-like covert and seamless graft that uh, that when implanted in a body is able to read the chemistry, the the level of, auto, uh, of automatic responses and the nervous system and thermophysical uh, 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 systems that are going on, um, and able to map the structures of feelings and experiences into code. Now, now, um, well, just to clarify, when you say graft, what does that what does that mean exactly? Well, it's a, it's a small stick-like implant that is perfectly perfectly uh installed into the the body um that it, almost as an extension of said body okay okay it sort of tricks the different uh the different parts of your body into thinking that it that it is in itself a a meaty organ a, a part of the nervous or the limbic system that it should be interacting with and that's how it gets most of its information interesting so interesting. what um one of the biggest things that they released was a uh, was a software called uh, Cortex. Cortex is a is an open um, emotion mapping software that, I mean, realistically, one of the big asks for a Prairie City Dynamics here was to encourage people to investigate both their emotions and use Cortex to help develop the open source uh, 
the open source understanding of how emotions can be converted into uh, actual actionable data. Well, this all sounds quite laudable so far. Um, right. It, it's part of this whole lo- the lo- uh, globalization uh, movement. I believe I've heard about that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the promises that were made with this with with this with this huge reveal was that uh, these automatic processes uh, could, in fact, uh, understand and uh, develop fear, uh, like understand and collect uh, information related to fear, specifically the fight or flight response, fight mm-hmm. or flight enhancements, possibly, um, could help directing and supporting grief and trauma. Um, so this day, this uh, this this software might even be able to allow for deeper connections between people and AI, or perhaps people and people. Uh, um, perhaps even a, a therapist on a chip. Right, a therapist on a chip, or in situations of danger or excitement, um, they could they there there could be manifest certain technology, uh, external technology, which could create something like a force field on the outside, or like a fight or flight. They could you know develop wings. Or brass knuckles, whatever you may need, depending on this this automatic emotional response to stimuli. There were a number of photos taken of Chicago using right. the lineman spectrum. Just, I mean, these photos, though, like you, we've seen some great photos of Chicago. Right, and Chicago is known for being a very, very photogenic city mm-hmm. with its with its tall skyscrapers and 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 beautiful spall- sprawling us. Uh, uh, seaside and, and things it, like that. wonderful ar- ar- architecture yeah, as well you'll get no debate from me on that but the, one but these photos yes the, the, these photos we got them we got chicago from angles never before seen right right we got things we got information from chicago never before discovered right and so my to my my question would be though is that um all thanks to the awesome ai yes that's i'm glad you brought that up because i think um, I don't know if there's some sort of data uh, interpolation going on or some sort of um, uh, deep learning algorithm mm-hmm. uh, or what have you, but it, it's some of the, the things that it's been seeing in Chicago have not aligned with what I see physically in Chicago and mm-hmm. in my time going around Chicago. So what you're saying is is regime shattering, and I 100% agree. Well, well, for example, there's there's a bunch of streets that I, that have been detailed, of course, and most of them, as expected. But there's a few that I, I I do not recognize. I have attempted to search for them in through other sort of um, maps, uh, physical maps, mm-hmm. online maps. Um, Morehouse Avenue. Morehouse Avenue. I've, that does not appear. That that is a street that appears from the Myers Halstead satellite photo and, that I cannot place physically. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that these satellites are capable of of, of seeing things that so many have missed over the, over the course of, of of mapping things out? I mean, Chicago is a dynamic city. Chicago is a city that is that is. In the way that it's designed, it's a great design. It's a, it's a wonderfully designed city. Well, it's, it's numbered. It's gridded a little bit. And it, it, It's certainly very dynamic, but I, I don't know if dynamism is necessarily accounting for Rum Runner's Lane, Kafka Street. These are not places that, to the best of my knowledge and the best of the research that I could do, exist. So is there... Could you address that discrepancy a little bit? The, the discrepancy that that the that the Myers Halstead satellites are capable of seeing a Chicago 
but so many miss. I mean, Chicago, as we know, is a city of, of the, the haves and have-nots, of the seen and unseen, and, and truly and truly the, the Myers-Halstead satellites. Okay, un, un, okay, fair enough, but this is something I can actually speak to in, from immediate sort of experience. Sure. The photos show Highway I-111 running straight through the Simon Amy Institute next to the Arts Campus. Now, that is where I work. That mm-hmm. is where this is broadcast from. I don't believe there's an I-111 in America, and there is certainly not one going through the campus right now. So, once again, uh, per- perhaps... Um, the, yeah, what, what, are you, what are you implying, Rowan? I'm just wondering if perhaps the AI that you're using is is the, is the awesome AI. That um, sure, uh, maybe it's there's something all wrong there. Maybe need some more debugging. Rowan, are you, are you saying there? Are you saying there's something wrong with the awesome AI? Well, well, uh, okay. F- I I would I would just say this. Now, now, Rowan, you're you're saying that that what your your personal experience is not matching up with with this data that that we these images this these conclusions that we presented and sent over the new media's uh, that your eyes are incapable of seeing what these satellites are seeing. Basically, I, I'm not sure how that would pertain I, necessarily I, to an interstate. You will not believe the kinds of amazing innovations that they have in media for young children specifically uh, one, one of my one of my uh, role models uh, 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 Kenneth Kenneth Bra uh, who is a professor at the at the new media new media center in uh, in Waltz College he was working on a specific line of uh, of coloring books and these coloring books would be able to teach toddlers so those as young as two and three, how to do derivatives just by coloring in the coloring book this child would be able to do a basic even some very advanced derivatives well it's it's absolutely incredible what the young developing mind is capable of internalizing if you provide it in the right format um we at, over here at the spirit science institute um we work with a lot of children and and it, with a few simple pokes and prods and regiments um, pharmacological regimens, mm-hmm. you can induce incredible things in young people. Don't I know? What What are some of What are some of those things you've induced, uh, Rowan? Well, we primarily look at children as an excellent sort of a um, uh, an antenna, if you will, mm. with regards to certain energies that are harder to pick up um, with actual antennas or adults. Um, they're very instrumental specifically with a lot of the work we deal with regards to entities. They're very receptive to entities and there's some incredible work with sort of bringing entities into these, these children as one would bring a signal into a radio and being able to make contact and, um, do various queries in that manner. Sort of like how the, how the young ear maybe is more capable of picking, picking them higher frequencies. Perhaps the young eye is not, is not desensitized to those, uh, uh, to those, uh, to those sorts of energies. Young children have not had a chance for their pineal glands to calcify. So, um yes very very much so there is a biological factor there absolutely excellent
and we are back from hindsight eureka hindsight 2020 uh there were a lot of great clips a lot of great points it was really really wonderful to relive some of those uh some of those innovations in science and also technology that we saw experienced and talked about uh over the past few the last year's episodes of this show eureka cast now rowan what do you think of the uh the clips that we played well, you know, there were some very interesting things that we talked about that, frankly, I had almost forgotten about. There's so oh, many things that happen in the world of of science, technology, spirituality, wine, um, all sorts of these things. That, that There was truly a lot that happened track. in wine. I agree. Really. There's, it's so easy to lose track of individual advances and sort of losing the 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 trees for the forest if you will right uh with regards to that and, and this was a wonderful reminder of of what just how much has been accomplished in the year i think that's the main thing right. to take away from all of this is that 2020 for all of its foibles for all of the unpleasant things that we've had to endure about it of all the issues that it's had it's also been a year where so much has been accomplished Truly. and and the surrounding misery and horribleness of the year only brings that into a starker relief that truly no matter how many people are unemployed no matter how many people are out there dying and sick and loved ones that 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 go into the night with no one around Mm -hmm. science still happens and that's the important thing yeah in fact it happens it happens better than ever sometimes these these times of of crisis are when we see the best science, and that's something yeah, to celebrate. Is. is when science and technology can truly, can truly flourish. Um, and and I agree. There were so many of those those clips that I, I would have forgotten. And that's why reflection is so important. Truly, it's about time for us to close. We're going to be playing some more clips, but I do want to close as I usually do with a quote um, by a notable notable scientist. And this is and this is actually by a uh, not necessarily a spirit scientist by a a personality scientist uh, named Dana Corinthian. And, uh, and Dana said this. You can live your life in two ways. You can live your life as the independent variable or the dependent variable. Which one's it going to be? And that, that question actually has a lot of depth to it when you think about it, because the dependent variable may be just that dependent but you also tend to see it fluctuate a lot more. And, you know, one only needs look at an exponential graph to see that the dependent variable can very quickly skyrocket into the clouds and become so influential and, 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 and powerful and virile that one wonders, is it, is it better to be dependent or independent right. variable? Sometimes the, independent vari- sometimes the dependent variable might be a be an eigenvalue and be unreal in itself and that isn't that special it really is eureka cast now is meticulously researched produced and presented with the support of tech brothers new media labs in chicago illinois we are broadcast every saturday evening 8 to 9 p.m central standard time on wlpn lp 105.5 fm lumpen radio and rebroadcast every monday from 8 to 9 p.m cst on WIIT 88.9 FM, Chicago. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us on uh, at Twitter, um, at EurekaCast, and on Instagram at the very same name. 
And you can visit our website at awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast. Uh, we also have some other social media, don't we, Ron? We do. Uh, if you are a part of Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm. Or send in electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com. There you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that same email, which is once again awcyfm at gmail.com. We also have a form on our website at awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast. apply to be a guest on the program. Yeah. We're, we're very happy to have anyone. Submit your science to this Eureka Journal. Um, but, but saying all that, I think it's about time. Um, we didn't want to end it right away because we're missing one important component of the Eureka Cast program. And that's hearing what you have to say, what science you are doing out there. And that is the citizen science. We're all in some way citizen scientists. But you, especially listener, you out there, you have everything that you need conduct some very important science and research on the things that matter to you. And that's what this entire show is about. So I thought a great way to end this show would be to throw it to you and hear some of the great citizen science science uh, science moments that we saw on Eureka Cast Now um, over the course of 2020. Let's play those clips. Right. And so this comes from uh, an, an anonymous individual in a group called Turpentine and Distilled Spirits for Health. Mm-hmm. The question, the citizen science for today, do anyone feel cold after a turpentine enema? This is my fourth day doing one, but second day shivering after pooping. Wow. I think it's a good question. It is a good question. And it, sh- it, it sounds like there's an experiment being conducted. One tablespoon of baking soda known as sodium bicarbonate that is correct and that's my my own addition that it is, is known yes. as sodium bicarbonate right in a glass of water every day is a real life savior <laughs> it removes all kinds of metals from your body kills bacteria viruses and cancer cells alkalizes the body and brings the ph level back to normal it super boosts your immune system and even removes EMF radiation known as electromagnetic radio and microwave radiation. Now, is this true as well, Roman? Is that what that EMF stands for? Absolutely. Fact. You can have a microbe in your body and not be sick. Mm. Fact. Yes. Fact. You can be sick and not have a microbe in your body. Fact. Germ theory is disproven. What I enjoy is that you very rarely see such mathematical, logical arguments laid out in such a clear and concise way outside of the fields of of mathematics and philosophy. There's a little bit of context for this because presumably there is this is a conversation about psychotropic substances and this individual's use of psychotropic substances. We have to read between the lines a little bit on this one. But the quote is is, um, so-and-so. This is a response to so-and-so. Okay. Not just any drugs that I take, angelic drugs. See, I don't take any earthly drugs. I am 100% sober from all drugs, but angels come and give me angelic drugs, and I take those. So yes, once you understand the difference between earthly drugs and angelic drugs, then you might have a chance. See you there, baby boy. Baby boy? Baby boy? 